Um, Our first reading this morning is taken from the book of Joel, uh, chapter 2, beginning at verse 28, and can be found on page 866 in the Church Bibles. And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. This is the word of the Lord. Please would you stand for our New Testament reading. Our New Testament reading is taken from the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject whatever is harmful. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. This is the word of the Lord. So we're just going to pray as we stand. I'm just going back to those words from Joel. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So they've got the the young men and women. We've got the old men. We're hey. (laughs) Father, pour out your spirit on us all. As we bow before your word, pour out your spirit that we may dream dreams and share prophecy to build up your body, to make us fit for glorifying you in all the world. We pray that for our YWAM team and we pray it for this church. We pray it for all the communities that the team will visit in the next three weeks. But Lord, we pray it for now, for these moments as we worship you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you. Do be seated, everybody. We got some pictures. Get rid of that one. So, um, guys, we've been uh, pursuing a series called Gifts for All. It's about the gifts of the Spirit. And the ones we've been looking at are those listed particularly in 1 Corinthians 12, the kind of revelatory um, gifts. And that's been um, challenging for us and um, exciting. And um, uh, this is the last in the series. So I'm just going to let you know at the beginning that this sermon will finish um, with... A, a, a space in which I'm going to invite all of us to make a response. So I'm just telling you that now so that it's not a shock at the end or you think, did he actually mean what he just said? <laughs> and the form of the response is that I'm going to ask you to stand up where you are if you want to respond to the invitation that I'm offering. And the invitation that we're going to share, I'm part of it as well, um, is an invitation to live um, within the um, culture of the gospel. The gospel which says that we are absolutely loved and accepted by God. That is who we are. That is our identity. I'm going to explain in the sermon um, why I think it is spiritually helpful for our church to do that right now. Um, but that's the invitation. And the response will simply to be to stand uh, in the quiet. Um, maybe there'll be a quiet prayer. I might pray a blessing over us. And after that, we will continue with whatever comes next, probably the creed as Sue leads. So is that all right? So I just wanted to say that that's what's coming so that when it comes, you're not thinking, does he mean now? Because I will mean now. <laughs> so anyway, so let's just round up this series. We focused at the end of the series on prophecy, the gift that builds, that Paul says uniquely builds up the body of Christ and encourages us. Um, so the key passage for us today is that one from 1 Thessalonians 5, which in the Christian Center Bible is on page 1123. It's 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 12. And so I thought we would just um, look at this lovely passage. It's one of the earliest writings in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians might be, I haven't actually checked this, Fabian will correct me, no doubt, but it might be the earliest of all writings. Is that right, YWAM team? I think it is, either that or 1 Corinthians. And that means that um, some of the things Paul says here are to do with the very earliest response of the earliest Christians to Jesus. It was probably written within 20 years of Jesus' resurrection. So it's a kind of a flavor of the very beginning. So it begins, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you. The Greek word there is toil, those who toil. So I want to say thank you for those who came and toiled here yesterday to give the Christian Center uh, a spring clean. There weren't many of them, and I've heard that they uh, could have taken photographs of denim-clad bottoms up in the air and but Yvonne missed the chance to send me that. Otherwise, it would be on the screen now. Um, um, thank you for toiling. Um, I want to thank the YWAM team because coming here is not exactly a holiday. Somebody said to me, just as I walked in, I'm, I'm just getting used to sleeping on the floor again. And I'm thinking some of us could never get used to that again. <laughs> 
Um, so thank you. We acknowledge your hard work and your commitment just by being here. Um, I met with a couple of our, our worship, our music leaders in the week. We're just uh, looking at, at our sung worship and we, had, we, we toiled away looking at every single song that we've used in 2016 and seeing if that makes sense. So that was like toil. It was good toil and there was some beer, so it was all right. <laughs> Those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you, Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. And those who care for you, the Greek really actually says something like those who have charge over you or take the lead over you. Um, so I was in a meeting this week with our ministry leadership team. That's the shared leadership team for this church. And we, when we meet, we always have a meal, but we, we work quite late into the evening. We had with us Lyndall Bywater because we were reflecting on the shift, our 40 days of prayer and what God was saying to us through, um, through that and um, how we would take, take that forward. Um, we think that the shift, this 40 days of early morning prayer has raised the spiritual tempo or temperature uh, in our church. Rather like, you know, when you heat a pan of water on your gas hob if you've got that and you put a lot of energy into that to get it to boiling point don't you and we felt now God was saying it's all right you don't have to keep getting up at five o'clock in the morning turn it down but keep it simmering so the way we're going to keep it simmering it probably is by having a day a week where we meet for early morning prayer and that will keep the temp the the the, 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 the as at boiling point it's that kind of a analogy so that's some of the, the leadership. The week before, I had the privilege of meeting with our wonderful team of cell leaders. These are people who work hard and toil and who have charge over us in a sense. And there was a, a moment in the meeting where the Holy Spirit seemed to give us a corporate um, gift of discernment. And I'm going to address that in this sermon. So all of this is going on. Um, Make sure nobody uh, pays back uh, wrong for wrong. Always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. That's something we can sign up to, isn't it? If I said, would you like to stand if you're signing up for that? I, 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 I hope we all would. That means we have to take care of our relationships. Um, and, um, and so we do. And then verse 16, rejoice always. Pray continually. Well, that's the experience of the shift, isn't it? Um, Donald Lugg, who said, I, I, he came along every morning to those early morning prayer things, and then he would go straight on to the swimming pool. One morning, he actually came to the shift in his swimming shorts, not having realized. Did you, did you know that? <laughs> and, uh, but then he said, I went swimming. And do you know what? It was like the swimming was an extension of the prayer. This is what the Bible means by pray continually. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, as it were, praying in us all the time. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we practice that. That's what our worship is. On Monday this week, there was a fantastic gathering for worship in this building. The second of the Churches Together prayer pilgrimages here. I mean, it was just beautiful. And I wonder whether 
as a church, we have a bit of a blind spot when it comes to our vision for the whole body of Christ in the town. We are only one part of it. When the body gathers together, there is an amazing release of beautiful worship and powerful prayer and fruitful ministry. I think we play our part amazingly, but I think we've got a bit of a blind spot still. However, having said that on Friday, uh, the Beach Passionate Pastors Commissioning, that's um, the Ascension Trust Street Pastors, we call them Beach Pastors because we can. <laughs> the five new pastors commissioned um, were from our church. Um, Mike, who's over there on the sound desk, um, Mike, Michael Page, uh, Mark Arnold, Helen Prettyjohn, Elaine Oakley, all from here. So we're playing a part there. Now then, verse 19, it says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. The Spirit's fire. Well, there's an image of the Spirit not coming in fire, but in gentleness as a dove. Has anyone seen that? The Methodist modern art collection in the Beanie. That's where it's from. Got a few more days. It's in Canterbury with some other beautiful images. That's a striking image, isn't it, Vanessa? Um, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject whatever is harmful. And that's what we're looking at at the end of this series on the gifts of the Spirit and on the gift of prophecy. Um, so let's just do a quick and a very quick recap. Um, prophecy, this is our homegrown definition. It won't stand the test of YWAM scrutiny, I know, but they'll be sharp on this. But a word of God from us, which encourages us by communicating God's perspectives or plans and thereby draws us into God's loving purposes for us and the world. That's the test. That's what prophecy is or near enough, isn't it? And that's what we're invited to. And the test in 1 Corinthians 14, is it strengthening? Does it encourage you? Is it comforting? And does it build us all up? That's, uh, we looked at that in our series. And the, this is one example of a prophecy which was um, very gently offered to us. And the bits in blue, that's the first bit, that's the revelation. When praying for the town, I had a picture of an aerial view of the town with pinpoints of light scattered all round. And then the next bit in red, which I took to be Christians shining with the light of Jesus as they walked on the buses, in the shops, etc. When you get a word or a picture, you get the raw data. But the next stage is to say to the Lord, what does this mean? We're a bit more tentative about that, aren't we? We're very careful about that bit, but that's a very good kind of interpretation. And then the application is, that's not our job. We offer it to each other. Very rare that you would say, this, this is what this means for you. Leave the person space. That this is why this is safe and, and helpful. Well, it says... Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject whatever is harmful. So in a way, 
even if you think, well, it's still not for me, even if you don't kind of get it, okay, that's okay. But don't try and stop it. That's what the scripture's saying. Now, you can just see, it is a, I wonder if, could somebody knock the lights out at the back? Barbara, could you just, or somebody, just, just knock them as Dave's on the move. It's a race between Barbara and Dave. That's really good. Bit of exercise in the sermon. Keeps you awake. Great. Um, cell leaders. This moment when we saw something about our church, which I think was a corporate gift of discernment, um, we've noticed that apart from the joy of seeing people receiving prof- prophetic gifts, and that has happened, especially towards the end of the shift and releasing that. Alongside that, there's a bit of sort of um, guilt or um, self-condemnation as if we're failures, as if we're not automatically prophets like Jeremiah or whoever. Or we haven't got this gift or that. And I think that's really good because the facts are always friendly. The truth is always good. And it's telling us something, something that we need to address and we can address. And it's, it's something about taking the good news of God's love, that's the gospel, the gospel of gift, the gospel of grace, and doing what we human beings always do. We always have this tendency because we are sinners and we turn it into something to do with our works or our failure. And we compare ourselves with each other. And instead of living in the atmosphere of God's grace, we start to feel guilty. And we condemn ourselves. And we think we're failures. Now this painting, this famous painting of Rembrandt, it's called The Return of the Prodigal Son, um, which we've looked at before is, if you like, a foundational picture of what the good news really is. It's a picture of the waiting father. And in the story of the lost son and the, or the prodigal son, you will know that the, the lost son feels so bad about himself. He, he says to the father, I, more or less, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me your servant. So he's full of guilt, isn't he? full of self-loathing and self-condemnation. And literally, he doesn't know who he is. I want to be your servant now, not your son. He's lost. And he's prey to guilt or poor self-worth, not allowing his sense of identity to be formed out of his father's love. And then we've got the other son, the elder son on the right, who stands aloof. And we know from the story that he's grumpy, complaining, not able to hear a word without taking it as a personal criticism or slight, and he keeps comparing himself to someone else. And the discernment in our cell leaders meeting was that while we're not exactly that bad, we can be prone to that kind of thing still even though we're God's beloved children. Poor self-worth, discouragement, or guilt. And that is because we, have, we are human beings. And if we can, we will still turn the gospel of God's unconditional love into a narrative 
of works that we can't fulfill and will only lead to a sense of failure. And if we're a bit like that, or have that tendency at all, and we start talking about gifts that are given not on the basis of what we deserve or how experienced we are, but just because God wants to build us up and it's random, then we've got to be careful, haven't we? Because if we start thinking we earn these gifts or that because we pray we get them, then if we don't get them, we're going to feel bad. And that's what we're addressing. Well, our passage ends with a blessing. So I think we should end with a blessing. In verse 23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now that's the place to end, isn't it? In grace and peace. And the promise of God, it's not about us, it's about him. And he's faithful and he will do it. And the gospel represented in this lovely painting, which is actually called The Blue Prodigal Daughter <laughs> by a man called Charlie Mackesy. That's the atmosphere of the gospel. The Father is waiting for us all the time. And whether we sometimes feel like the younger son, lost and prey to guilt, or if we can feel a bit more like the elder, a bit prone to being grumpy or judging or critical, actually that's the culture of the gospel there, right there. God is running towards you and me all the time. And before we can get our words of guilt and self-condemnation out of our mouth, he's got us in his arms. Do you, do you see that? That's the atmosphere of the gospel. So I'm just asking us now for ourselves, it's not an exercise in group think. We will keep the lights off for this. But if you want to live in this world, and this is what the Bible calls the kingdom of God, if you habitually want to know that you're loved, that gifts are gifts and we can rejoice when other people have them, and then you're going to be surprised when God gives you a spiritual gift, then I'm going to invite you just to stand up and in the quiet, I'm going to pray that blessing over us all. So now can be that moment for all of us. It can be a moment where through engaging spiritually like this, spiritually like this we just shift the culture of our whole church i wonder if you would like to do that well if so now is the moment to stand um let's without looking at each other and if you've stood then god the father is tenderly embracing you like that and he's got his arm over your mouth so you cannot utter no word of self-justification just hear his words of love. May God himself, the God of peace, 
sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Amen.